Managing Marketing, a weekly podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media, and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. Today, I'm having tea with Alexandra King, co-founder and director of Ask Marketing. Welcome, Ali. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Ask Marketing what, Ali? So Ask Marketing is bringing virtual marketing management to Australia. Um, It's three years old. Um, We turned our model to um, virtual marketing management in October last year and haven't looked back. So what is virtual marketing management? Because uh, mm. you know, we're marketing mm. management consultants, yeah. but what, what do you actually provide organisations and their brands in the way of virtual marketing? So we essentially provide the same level of senior marketing leadership that they would typically have internally within a, you know, a marketing manager role. Um, so we provide that as an outsourced approach for a fraction of the cost of having that role in-house. Right. So this is actually an outsourced marketing function, which is quite interesting when you consider, you know, we read all the time that senior marketers have the tenure of, you know, a, a couple of years yes. at best. Yes. Uh, what would be the benefit, do you think, for an organisation, obviously, to outsource marketing? Because well, not many people do yeah, it, do they? No. I mean, this... You know, I think it's important to note that it's not necessarily outsourced marketing, but it's outsourced marketing leadership. So the actual, and this is important to to note as well, is that the actual execution, the doing, the day-to-day running of marketing still sits internally within that business. So the key thing and the key way that we work is by resourcing or upskilling or training the existing internal marketing resource, junior, be it one, two, three, internal marketing resources, um, on how to execute that strategy from a day-to-day basis in the same way that we would do if we were sitting inside that business and managing those people directly. Um, So back to what you were saying, it is outsourced leadership. um, And I think the key thing is, is you know, now so more than ever is is the cost. And, you know, if you look at, um, we saw the statistics that, uh, that Seek have brought out this week um, and you're looking at an average of 110 to 120K for a, for a marketing, a digital marketing manager in Australia now, which most SMEs, regardless of what phase they're in, can't afford, as well as having a fully resourced marketing team underneath that as well. So we provide, you know, the exact same level of service and integration within the business for, you know, 70% less. So this is ideal for businesses of a size where they really need to embrace marketing beyond just yes. it being a additional task of, the say, the CEO or the managing director. Totally. And they have to, I think, the key thing is that they obviously need to have a level of marketing budget that could sustain having that internal resource ha- um, happening as well. Um, you know, otherwise perhaps, and we'll talk about this further, you know, there is the fully externalised model, which is obviously going to a, going through an agency, which is potentially more beneficial for a business if they don't have the, you know, the budget to have an in, in-house resource as well. Um, so, Ali, what you're talking about when you talk about marketing is actually marketing comms primarily, isn't mm. it? It's not probably marketing from the broadest sense of marketing, you know, product, pricing. Brand, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It's it's more the management yeah. and execution of the marketing comms strategy. Correct, and and in particular digital. That is where our focus one hundred percent lies. Um, you know, there is always a component, especially for new businesses that we work with, or businesses that are launching a secondary or, or a third business within their umbrella. Typically, you know, if we're working with an investment firm, and obviously they act as the umbrella brand, um, and then we're obviously working with individual brands within that. If, um, for example, um, you know, they're, they're launching a new brand. There's obviously and naturally a component of branding within that. Mm. And typically we would actually work with them to project manage that across the branding team, across the digital team, across the internal resources, um, you know, across website development, across UX design, CRO. So no, we don't do the branding, but there is an element of hand-holding and support because we've been there, we've done that. We know how to manage these agencies or, or these people or these consultants, you know, from a topographic perspective to make sure you're getting what you need and we can speak their language. So so I imagine yeah. that there'd be quite a lot of organisations where, you know, marketing in the past has been sort of not an afterthought, but it's sort of mm. to one side. Do you think that by outsourcing the leadership or bringing in leadership from external that it helps to bring a focus really to the marketing? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I would almost say that, you know, the, the trend is definitely shifting. I read a statistic this morning that, um, you know, the the expenditure on marketing with SME, SME organisations is, you know, doubling year on year. And, and, and that is becoming a real key focal point. And I think obviously the digitalisation is, you know, and how rapidly that is happening is, you know, a key part of that. And also, you know, more so now, you know, during and post-pandemic more so than ever, you know, founders and owners need more bang for their buck than ever before. And digital is able to offer them that, along with obviously all of the insights and metrics and optimizations that come along with that. So it's, you know, it's, it's as, you know, in, in answer to your question, I think it's definitely becoming, you know, it's coming to the forefront. And I think that's another benefit of working with a virtual marketing manager like our team at Ask Marketing, because we come from a wealth of experience through SME and corporate. So we're well aware of what it takes to build a strategy, but at the same time, we're also extremely understanding and savvy, I guess you could say, in terms of the need for businesses to be quite agile and obviously savvy with how they're spending. And this is quite different, isn't it, from, say, uh, appointing an agency to manage this for you externally because you're actually implanting the people into the organisation, yeah. whether the virtual or actual. Yes. I imagine that's changed with uh, with COVID-19. <laughs> totally. <is that laughs> people want to work more virtual. Well, they're working more virtually they are. anyway, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And, you know, I think um, and I think that's a trend which, you know, we, we could talk more about later. There's, I mean, obviously that shift toward the virtual workforce is rapidly changing. It, it already was before the pandemic started. So, you know, even more so now why this model is relevant, you know, more relevant than ever. A lot of the internal resources that we place, um, typically, for example, a digital marketing coordinator, specialist or executive type role, um, these roles do typically sit in-house, i.e. they do have, you know, you know, presence within the business from a face-to-face perspective if the business owner requires that. Having said that, it all is also quite typical of these roles that we place is that they're not always full-time. You know, these roles can be prorated down to one, two, three days and then, you know, gradually built up as the business up. grows, you know. Mm. So it's and, you know, again, it's, it's what, what, you know, it's so important is that 
the strategy always needs to come first. That's the reality. Um, and it's not typically what we see. You know, we'll often go into all night an, into an organisation and they'll let us know, oh, we've got a couple of junior resources. One's doing the social media and, you know, one's doing, you know, copywriting and a little bit of design on the side. And that's great. And it really is. That's fantastic. However, the reality is, is that we'll quite often go in and rip everything up and start again, or at least leveraging what they were doing and make pretty drastic changes to it, you know? So it's... Well, sorry, <laughs> my experience is that it's not just SMEs. No, You know, that increasingly uh, a lot of organisations mm. will have marketing where marketing is largely a service yes. to the organisation mm -hmm. rather than a strategic mm. driver, you know, and so that the marketing plan is more a reaction to delivering the services required by the mm. business yes. rather than having a strategic plan. So is that something that you often see? Absolutely. And, I mean, I'm from a corporate background myself too and I can say it's definitely not dissimilar in the SME space. Um, and I think that's really, you know, something that I'm sure a lot of our clients would testify to is having someone come in um, with a really objective opinion and with obviously, um, you know, having learnt what the direction and the goals and the clear pathway for that owner or the founder or the investors are, you know, being able to provide that external experience um, and also that kind of vision that they might not have had if they were to do it, you know, another way um, is so important because otherwise, as you said, it does end up becoming this, you know, this function that potentially isn't, you know, servicing the business the way it should and the brand the way it should. Well, that's one of the things I was, uh, I guess, alluding to before mm. when I said it must be when you're engaged that it would bring more of a focus to the business around marketing. Because I imagine when you are, when you do start working with an organisation, mm. the first thing you've just mentioned a minute ago is what do the owners or the investors yeah. want from this organisation? Yeah. So that's your objective. Absolutely. Then you would go through the process of developing a strategy, I yes, imagine. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what we do. And, you know, whilst it's, you know, very easy to go in and develop a 12-month growth strategy, the reality of the matter is that needs to be agile. It needs to be able to be changed and it needs to be malleable because whilst the direction will stay the same, the tactics to get you there, as we've just seen in the last three months, are very different some of the time. And, you know, they need to be changed. Um, you know, so I guess what we typically do is we'll go into the organisation once we understand their goals and objectives and the clear pathway is build out that strategy and then at that point decide on the resourcing and the infrastructure that's needed to make that strategy happen. Um, and as I was saying, that typically would require working with or recruiting an in-house resource for that business um, and then building out all of the you know, the, the infrastructure, the tools, the, the reporting, um, the integrations, and most importantly, working hand in hand um, in partnership with that internal resource or resources to build out the marketing calendar. Because, you know, that internal resource or resources need to have essentially as much buy-in as I do, because they're, they're the ones executing this day to day. Mm -hmm. And where we fill the gaps is around the training and the, and the, um, the development that that resource or resources need to grow within that role so that one day they don't need to work with us anymore. If they get a tap on the shoulder to be bought, the business is being sold, they've got everything in-house ready, developed, mm. done for them. Um, and I think that's quite a unique approach if you look at it from the perspective of 
the growth and the development of the people within that organization. Because typically, if the virtual marketing manager didn't exist and the business didn't have the budget for a senior marketing leader, those junior resources or resource would be typically reporting into the CEO or the managing director or the head of operations or whoever that might be. And they're certainly not the best person to be providing training to that person. Well, not you know? uh, not providing training or even sometimes a, a direction because one of, one of the things that uh, you mentioned a minute ago is, you know, what we've seen is, you know, the requirement for being more agile, mm. right? That the idea of being able to lay out a marketing plan for the next three years, you can certainly have a marketing strategy totally. for the next three to five years, mm. but the actual plan needs to change. Now, if you're not savvy as a strategic marketer, mm. when something like this happens, you would probably react to the circumstances rather than react in the sort of framework of what yes. is it that we're trying to achieve. Totally. And so having a more senior marketing person in that mix mm. could be invaluable, I imagine. Absolutely. I mean, a perfect example is, um, you know, a new hospitality precinct that, we, you know, we're working with the, the investment group for that organisation and the in-house resource who was brought on in a social media executive role has now built from the ground up an entire e-commerce platform with our help, obviously, but all of the legwork was done by that internal resource. Had she ever had any experience in back-end, you know, setup, development, e-commerce, you know, working within a CMS, working with devs? Never, you know. So I think the fact that we are so integrated within the business and we're so aligned with, you know, the leadership, you know, team within that business as well as the resource, we may as well be in-house. It's the same thing. Um, it's just obviously a lot cheaper and based on, you know, the deliverables that, that we're there to do each month, mm. um, which reduces the cost by, yeah, up to 70% for all SMEs. So it's, it's um, that has definitely been, been uh, brought to the table over the last, you know, three, four months. The other thing you mentioned is that your primary focus is digital, mm. which is interesting because it's very hard to find things that are not digital these days. When know. it comes to marketing comms, mm. Uh, wouldn't you say almost every channel has a digital component or are you talking specifically about the tr what people see now as the traditional digital channels? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm my background is, you know, from a corporate space in digital marketing manager and e-commerce roles. Um, so when I speak about digital, I speak about typically the digital channels that fall within that category, um, if you will. Um, so, yeah, uh, the wall gardens like uh, Google and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, AdWords, search engine. Um, Correct. Marketing, uh, SEO. Correct. You know. But outside of that, there's yeah. a lot of other, you know, there's totally. a lot of other digital uh, techniques. Totally. And that that's, you know, use. and that's, you know, that's MarTech to me. Like marketing technology is my absolute jam and I think, you know, if you look at, um, you know, some of the MarTech tools these days, like, you know, Intercom, like Messenger bots, you've got, um, you know, Google Analytics is a type of MarTech, you know, there's every component of, of technology or, or, or traditionally, um, you know, above the line, for example, marketing method now comes with usually a type of digital technology to help measure that. Um, but coming back to what you were saying, yeah, our focus is definitely, you um, within that digital channel space across e-commerce, 
digital channels website and the tech te- techniques used to make that happen, like CRO and things like that. Because it seems to me that uh, SMEs especially uh, end up being big investors, mm. especially in uh, in Google, mm. YouTube, Facebook, mm-hmm. because it's very easy to do, isn't it? Totally. I mean, the access to those media channels is, is being designed that almost anyone can commit totally. their budget to it. Totally. And it's achievable. You know, it's achievable. It's achievable for them. You know, it's and I think. It's a really um, incredible way, if you're looking at it from the outset of a new brand, it's an incredible way to go as broad as you possibly can whilst also being quite pointed in who you want that to go to, you know. So it's, you know, digital advertising techniques and audience building and the way you can target these days is of a sophistication that I don't think anyone would have ever expected. Um, And it's only, you know, growing every single day. Um, So I think... For many SMEs, you know, digital is by far the best way to go because you get a better bang for buck. You're building your brand and your story on a much greater scale than you may have been able to afford to do via another channel or in the past. And it's all trackable. So, you know, it's it's a no-brainer, I think. I guess one of the things that I often hear from um, people, business people, is that they've often gone and appointed someone to do their social media Mm -hmm. and they've appointed someone to do their sort Mm -hmm. of events and they've Mm -hmm. appointed someone to do their PR. Um, And I guess that is a very convenient way, you Mm. know, it's on a needs basis. Oh, I've got a need for this, I'll appoint someone. Uh, And they always say it's very hard to find someone that can do it all. Uh, When you think about it, Mm. it's, uh, you know, it's no wonder that making that leap from SME to corporate is incredibly difficult, isn't it? Totally. I mean, you and I have talked about this before around like people are still out there searching for unicorns and the reality is I read, you know, something this week just by HubSpot is that there's over 41 different specialties just within digital alone, Um, you know, and we've talked about some of them today and we could talk about them for days, but I think the reality is, yes, a lot of people will go out and source someone in PR, someone in copywriting, someone in social media, someone in um, the PPC space. However, the reality of the matter is if you come back to, um, you know, the most important thing in all of this is having a strategy first, um, or at least if you've gone and done that, you know, kind of reining it in a little bit and, you know, kind of fine-tuning that strategy before you go and execute another six months or 12 months worth of um, spend with these people because, it is really important that they're all aligned. Um, and well, this, and that is, you know, yeah, that's the nightmare, isn't it? It absolutely is. And, and, and typically if the business owner or the founder or the director is making those connections and is that person that's essentially the link between the business and those outsourced parties, the reality is the information is not going to be fl- fluid. You know, the, the GM, the CEO or, or the, you know, the directors of an organisation are not the best person you know, they're not the most well-equipped person within that organisation to be going and having conversations with people executing marketing tactics that they don't really understand, they're not really sure of the objective or the, you know, the goals. They think they might think that they are, but the reality is, is that is going to create a missing link and that missing link is essentially what we feel because we speak the speak, we've done the strategy and we understand what those people are needed for and what the goal in working with them is. So a little bit of what you do is the translation of business 100%. speak into marketing strategy and execution. It, yeah. 
Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And I guess that stems from, you know, not just my own experience, but our other VMMs and their experience having worked through, you know, SMEs and corporate Sorry, VMMs, Virtual, Virtual Marketing, Marketing Managers. Managers, right. We probably should have spoken about that acronym, <laughs> VMM. Um yeah, I, so I think I, I sort of got it, but I went the oh, virtual, virtual marketing managers. Yeah, yeah. so um, and I think you know, as I was saying, you know, it really comes down to the experience of that VMM. You know, having been and having worked through and worked with you know, you know, these people within these specialties before, to be able to understand the you know the jungle of marketing jargon that there is out there and what every single one of those little acronyms mean and which ones are the really you know important ones to focus on to get that business owner what they need because they will very often you know cover your eyes to the important metrics and you know make it sound fantastic when I'm the glad reality, you brought that up you know like it's mm. and you know I think it's really important that the people working directly with um, these outsourced parties or, or insourced, you know, it, it obviously can can work well in, in both cases. Um, the person working with these people needs to know, you know, what they're looking for and, and what needs to be done. Um, obviously, they we can't all be specialists in everything. You know, there is no unicorn. But the reality is some kind of unicornness is kind of required to be a virtual marketing manager or a digital marketing manager or, in fact, a marketing manager these days because there are so many niches and you need to have some level of understanding of all of them in order to make it work. I guess if, if we take a step back a bit, you know, there's sort of a number of different options available to businesses as they're developing their marketing needs, mm -hmm. aren't they? Mm -hmm. The first, which you've already touched upon, is building in-house capabilities. Mm -hmm. But I guess the the issue or the challenge there is how do you get to the point where you don't end up with a whole lot of specialists, that mm. you actually get someone that can look over the whole of the marketing strategy Absolutely. and be able to coordinate that. Mm -hmm. The second would be to outsource, mm -hmm. you know, to go to a brand strategy or a marketing strategy company, mm -hmm. often called an agency. But the danger there is they're going to primarily be suggesting the very services that they could provide. Yes. And then I guess you guys fit more into a hybrid model. Mm -hmm. Would that be a fair assessment or are you actually in-housing, um, you know, no, it is it is a hundred percent a hybrid model, and I and I couldn't agree more with you. I think coming back to your first question about, you know, ending up having a team of specialists that you might not always need. Again, it does come back to doing that strategy first, and it does come back to understanding. I think a key way of looking at it is having the person within that managerial role. For example, myself as a virtual marketing manager understanding and I guess pinpointing for that business what tactics and what channels and what overarching goals within the business are going to be always on. So for example, in a business or an organization whose you know primary target market and key personas sit on social media, be it Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, TikTok, whatever, that would indicate to me that the social media element from an organic perspective for that organization is an always on tactic. That's something that the business would actually value having in-house. And that's something I guess that we can also mention is that Ask Marketing prior to October 2019 was becoming a digital agency. We were doing the social media for our clients. 
And the reason why we don't do that is that we do not believe that that is the most efficient and effective way of of running your social media for a business because the reality was for us to be able to tell the story in the exact same way that that business leader wanted us to in terms of the day-in, day-out social media execution is best done by somebody within that business who is, as I would call, always on. So in that instance, um, I think if you've pinpointed a particular channel or a particular tactic um, that is going to require you know, an always on presence for as long as you see that, you know, you foresee this brand evolving, that role I would recommend having in-house. And that's typically, as I was saying, you know, you know, a typical role that we would in-house, um, resource to be in-house is that internal social media, you know, junior role. Um, and then coming back to the second point around, um, you know, which components to outsource. I also couldn't agree more with what you said. And I think the reality is, um, yeah, you will often go to a digital agency and I will make sure that I make it quite clear that the digital agency model for a lot of organisations works beautifully. So it's it's I'm not poo-pooing that. But I think one thing, and as you said, is that if you go to the digital agency having not done a strategy first, of course, they're going to recommend the tactics and the, um, you know, the channels within their model that they're able to offer. Um, and that's realistically, I read an article this morning, which is that, you know, the full service digital agency model doesn't really exist anymore because there are so many niches and where it does, you typically in an SME instance can't afford that. So I think if you work to the strategy first and then resource based on the needs from an always on perspective versus a campaign by campaign based perspective, you've got a good hybrid model there. You still need someone though, don't you, to oversee it? Because one of the things I've seen occasionally is where a uh, owner CEO has gone and outsourced, mm. especially around social media and mm. digital, and they've seen results. Now you alluded before about how accountable and measurable mm. that the digital channels are, mm. but it really does come down to what you're actually measuring because they were putting more and more of their budget into uh, social media. Mm. And they were seeing lots of web traffic and lots of likes, Mm. but not a lot of sales. Mm. Now, they were completely convinced that all of those likes and traffic were converting into business, Mm. but it wasn't actually seen in real terms. So it really is important to understand those metrics, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, I often will show the clients that we work with and, and the leadership teams of those businesses the funnel. You know, it's so important to look at the funnel for that particular business. You know, if you look at the very top of the funnel, you've got something like brand awareness. And obviously the metrics of a brand awareness-based campaign is very different to the metrics of a lead generation campaign, which is, you know, three quarters of the way down that funnel. And I think it's so important to make sure that you're constantly reminding the business and leading the business in the direction of what the goals are and what the relevant metrics are and what obviously the, you know, the best case scenario is that we want to achieve here based on that objective, based on where we're sitting within the funnel. Because obviously um, running a brand awareness campaign with a set amount of budget um, and obviously a set number of metrics behind that is a very, very different set of metrics than the metrics that you put behind a lead generation campaign. And the budget would reflect that also. 
So it's important to know that and be clear about that and agree on it from the outset versus running with a campaign that you think you know you know the reason for and then the person that you're working with, be it the internal resource or the agency, then telling you the metrics you know, afterward. You need to agree on that from the outset. Well, this is where a strategy is important, as yeah. you said before, because the strategy is built on what's the objectives I'm trying exactly. to achieve. And so all of your metrics should be feeding back to, uh, is it moving us towards those objectives? A hundred percent. And, and you know, this is why so often, and one of the key things about what we bring to businesses, which I think is so important, is that overarching focus on the numbers. And it is so easy if you're working across, you know, a, a multitude of digital channels these days to be really looking at, you know, you could be looking at thousands of numbers a day and all of those metrics, you know, say something different and all of those metrics relate back to a different objective from a different campaign based on a different date. So I think one of the key things that, you know, we bring to the party is this ability to essentially integrate that data and build what we would call a dashboard um, you know, using a tool like, for example, Clipfolio, where you're working in a live dashboard and you're integrating your data that matters back into one sole place so that at any point in time, you can look at this dashboard and understand the metrics that matter across the channels that matter on a campaign by campaign basis or on a, you know, a month by month or quarter by quarter basis so that you actually know what to look for. Because quite often you're looking at, you know, metrics that, don't really mean anything or that they don't really matter. It's not going to change, you know, it's not going to move the needle for you. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's... And not just the needle in the short term. I mean, you've also got to take a medium to long term look Absolutely. Because, you know, you could get, suck all of the business mm. out of the market in a week mm. and then be left high and dry for, you know, a couple of weeks afterwards. Absolutely. So yeah. the danger of this, you know, a lot of uh, times that when we talk about performance marketing, mm. people are going really hard at trying to convert everything mm. in this week. Mm. But you've also got to, at the same time, be laying the groundwork for future sales Absolutely. and future revenue. And that's brand awareness, right? In the same way that I was saying that um, quite typically the internal role that we bring into these organisations is a junior um, digital or social media role. Well, the reason that we say that is because brand awareness in any organisation, big or small, has to be always on. You know, that's not, you know, an optional thing. It's non-negotiable. You can't just turn it on for a month and get leads and then sw switch it off. That's not how brand awareness works. It needs to be always on. There needs to be budget allocated there every single month. And so, you know, from an organic perspective, that's why we would recommend that that would typically sit in-house. And then from a paid perspective, it needs to be always on, you know, like from a, as you were saying, from a performance perspective, you can't just turn it on and off like a tap. Brand awareness needs to happen, um, you know, it's year after strategy, year. strategy. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you obviously layer that with campaign-based, um, you know, performance channels as well. Now, you mentioned before, because I, I raised the COVID-19 mm. and the virtual working. And you said that uh, virtual working started well before mm. this, but COVID has accelerated mm -hmm. a lot of changes, hasn't it? Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, just another crazy statistic, the, you know, virtual working has, you know, increased by 400% in the last 10 years worldwide. And, you know, based on some statistics that we read this morning, 
majority of CFOs and CEOs are now saying that they have absolutely no intent to bring their workforce back into an office in a full-time capacity. And I think, you know, that's obviously huge. Um, And I think it has been, there has been quite an element of surprise in that as well, because I think, um, did we think four months ago we'd be able to say, or do we think CEOs would be able to say they would hand to heart trust and expect that they would get the same level of output and the same level of buy-in and the same level of, I guess, performance um, by having a 100% virtual workforce? Probably not. And I think that that has really surprised a lot of people. Um, and I know particularly in the digital space, you know, this is this has been no change to, to a lot of us, you know, like all of our work can be done digitally. There is obviously an element of culture and obviously an element of face-to-face that will always need to exist. Um, I think, you know, naturally we're humans, like we like to meet people and, and, and be face-to-face, but from a digital perspective, nothing changes. Mm. It's interesting from my perspective to read how IT is the part that's really struggling to catch up because you know this uh, everyone is now zoomed out mm. microsoft teamed out mm. google meeting mm. out you know and yet a lot of these technologies were not allowed by a lot of it departments mm. because of the risks in quotes that they proposed to you know things like servers and, mm. and infrastructure you know it infrastructure yes. uh, and yet necessity of having to remote work has made it that everyone's doing it and the IT department are really struggling because yeah. they don't have control of imagine. your laptop at home. Yeah. They don't have control of your uh, Wi-Fi mm. set up at home. And Absolutely. so there's people all over the place working. It'll be interesting to see how quickly the IT department catches up so, with with human beings who absolutely. are going, we'll adapt to whatever we have to do. Absolutely. I know. I'm sure that that's, you know, something that's really prevalent in like the larger size organisations. I know, um, you know, for a lot of, I, and, I, and I guess it will be interesting to see because I think it has accelerated things so much um, that, yeah, it's going to, it's, I think the pros far outweigh the cons. Yeah. Look, you know, I, think I think even in SMEs, you know, there's a there's a strong awareness. All you need as, as a business is mm. to have a you know, hard drive crash and wipe mm. out everything and suddenly you're backing things up and then suddenly you're backing <laughs> up to the cloud yeah. and then you're wondering, is the cloud secure enough yeah. <laughs> and can I be hacked and is some hacker going to yeah. then hold me to ransom? You know, I think these issues are certainly yes. big IT issues for any business that's using totally. any sort of technology. Yeah, totally. On the technology front, the other thing that's been interesting is I would say retailers, traditional bricks and mortar retailers, have been relatively slow to embrace technology. Mm. And one of the things I've seen in the last you know, few months is the number that have embraced e-commerce mm. and especially click and collect. It's been amazing. Absolutely. Have you seen the same... Type yeah. of, yeah, and these are relatively small mm. businesses, but they're Agreed. finding new ways of engaging Absolutely. with their customers. Click and collect, and I think drop ship as well. You know, I think the the amount of businesses who are now partnering with other like for like brands um, to uh, to essentially aggregate what you would call you know an affiliate platform or an e commerce platform that allows for drop ship, so i.e. an amalgamation of brands that, you know, fit within the one umbrella that then a user can go and select a number of and then the business can just drop ship, drop ship directly to that 
to that customer yeah. for a really low cost. I think the number of businesses, and we've seen this, you know, with many of our clients um, across all industries now have an e-commerce component to their business and not just e-commerce, but a virtual component to their service-based business. Yeah. For example, um, you know, businesses that would require their customer to come in to receive a particular service um, are now offering, you know, a 15-minute, for example, free consultation online on Zoom or on FaceTime prior to then help not only help that user to make the decision in terms of what service they want to redeem in, in that particular business, um, but also to pinpoint what e-commerce products they might like to purchase customised to their exact needs. Mm. So I think it's bringing the, you know, it's bringing the brand and the consumer so much closer together using things like e-commerce. But I also think, you know, the, the virtual communication is now because people are so okay with using Zoom to talk to a brand. They're so okay with using a chat to, to talk to their brand. Chatbot. Yeah, chatbot or, or live chat. Live chat. Um, you know, it, it, it brings the user and the brand so much closer together. And I think it's laying the foundations for what, for most brands will then be incredibly nurtured relationships and, and loyal customers moving forward. I think it's it's only been a good thing um, in I've, that sense. <laughs> I've suddenly realised, what did you call them? VMMs. VMMs. Your virtual marketing managers bring another thing, which is I can imagine they would be working across multiple businesses mm. as well because it's not necessarily full-time, as you said. So that means they can bring experience from mm. other businesses and, and actually quite drive innovation rather than just doing the same thing over and over again. Absolutely. We are completely industry agnostic um, in the same way that we work across businesses that are service-based and product-based. So I think, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and there is, you know, a, a natural and an organic um, you know, way of, of doing that. I think it's it's only natural to look at what you're doing with one client um, in one particular industry and think about how that could be applied or, you know, in some way applied to another, um, which is only really benefiting that business. And again, I guess is something that, you know, as you kind of alluded to, is, is not something that you would get if you had that resource fully in-house because, no. um, you know, they're not out there Um doing other things. I've just noticed the time. It's unbelievable how quick this conversation's <laughs> gone. But oh look, uh, Ali, thanks for uh, coming and uh, sharing with us Thank about you. Ask Marketing. Thank you for having me. But before you go, just a, a, a question that I have is I'm just wondering, what would be your ideal client? Mm-hmm.